it's Paul. And Shamina. And welcome back for Head Boss in Charge. Yo. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> How you bossing, Paul? <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm not bossing well. I'm not bossing well at all. Um, <laughs> I am just really annoyed <laughs> with... Just uh, just my situation, I just feel really, really overwhelmed. <clears throat> Gosh, I, it's just like weighing so heavily on me and there's no one to blame or control this feeling but myself, but I can't help but feel overwhelmed. I can't help but not feel like I can't get to things I want to get to from like little, you know, little things or major things on my personal to-do list, my projects, Work is stressing me out. It's just like everything happening all at once. And I can't even think of a word but overwhelming to describe it. So, I mean, I've, I was rushing here <laughs> like crazy um, to start this podcast. And just sometimes even thinking about what I have next is overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, right after this, I have to uh, go to a dance rehearsal um, and just making time for things. It's just, it's just so overwhelming. Um, and so I'm just annoyed. I'm mad. <laughs> just like <laughs> mad and I'm going to stay mad until I'm not mad. And, uh, <laughs> I just need to scream. I just need to let it out and scream. Um, I think a little bit of it has to do with not wanting to do a bad job. Mm-hmm. When I squish everything in a, a short time span and feel like there's not enough hours in the day, it just makes it even worse so I have my my green matcha tea to help me like calm down <laughs> through this episode but <laughs> we're just gonna crank this out and I'm hoping I can get on, go on to my next thing so I'm not losing my mind well all right that's a lot well I have the opposite of a green matcha I have um lemon infused vodka and <laughs> raspberry this raspberry um simply lemonade Cause I have, I too, I'm just going to roll into my, um, how I'm bossing. It has been without going into too detail cause things are, are quite fresh. Um, it has been an involved last few weeks. Um, mostly personal and then work tries to seep in. Um, and then like the personal stuff is just overwhelming. Um, yeah, I don't even know how to put it into words. There's just a lot going on and a lot of um, putting things into perspective when I think about like the grand scheme of life and the things that actually matter to me. And it's kind of been one of those, um, a bit of a period of um, trying to think about what's important. Um, and sometimes the what's important reminds me of who is important, if that makes sense. Um and so it's, it's forcing me to pause, which I'm sure the universe is conspiring to, to because I need to pause and have a little bit of like stop time. Um, so yeah, just a really introspective in my head kind of space. And I live in my head anyway. So um, it's like going deeper into my head and being like, does this shit really matter? And being like, when people say shitty things, I got like a, a shitty email like last yeah, the end of last week, I think. And I just looked at the email and I was like, this is not of God. And then I didn't even, I didn't respond because the person was being so extra. And I was like, 
this is, this is not about me, Shamina. This is about, this is a response to the situation to which I did not have control over. And so I just had to look at the email and then I closed it um, because there was nothing that I was going to say that was going to make the person feel any differently than they already felt. Um, and my office works within a specific process. So people, number one, never seem to understand the process, no matter how it's explained. And I'm working with like adults in age. And so I'm like, your ability to comprehend and apply this three sentences to your situation baffles me that you can't do that, but you got yourself into this complex situation already. So, um, yeah. So it's really been perspective. Like this shit doesn't even fucking matter in the grand scheme of life. Um, and by, it doesn't, by not mattering, I don't mean like it doesn't matter and it's not important to people. But when you look at like someone's the span of someone's life in 60, 70, 80 years, this is going to be the thing that you're going to remember this little piddly shit. Um, so yeah, that's where my mind is. It's kind of like out over there being like, what are you doing with your life and your time? Hey, Shamina, how are you doing? I'm all right. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you feeling? Um, to be honest, like there's a lot going on, so I'm not quite sure how I'm feeling. I'm not, I don't have the exact word or words to describe it. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Okay. The exercise ends there. <laughs> so the reason why um, that the exchange that we just had is an exchange that we always have with just individuals, um, whether they're strangers. Uh, co-workers, best friends, family, and um, at least in my experience, I think we all have a default response when it's the usual, hey, how's it going? How you feeling? And typically, I would say, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, just, as, and just give me a ballpark estimate. How often, percentage-wise, would you say you accurately say how you feel when someone asks you how you're doing? To be real honest, it's about 75% of the time. I'll be like, I'm having a shitty day. Um, I may not go into detail as to why. I'll be like, today's kind of fucked up. I, I can't really say that at work, obviously. But I try to be honest and like, today's not a great day. And so I'm really, I'm trying really hard to be present. So, yeah. I would say it's like 55 for me. Um, the reason why I say 55 is I'll say whether I'm good, all right, or maybe I'll give the opposite, like I'm not feeling okay, okay. but I add an extra emphasis with the tone of my voice or my body language. Like uh, I'll, some days I'll say, I'm all right. And then other days I'll say, eh, I'm all right. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> uh, just like even a more negative connotation, but I don't really go deeper than that um, besides, you know, having, um, a shitty day versus a good day versus all right day. Um, and the reason why I ask that is, you know, I think a lot of the times uh, we can protect ourselves and others from, especially in a work setting, from saying how we really feel. I think mm -hmm. sometimes there's a responsibility to put up a shield um, for your coworkers or maybe for um, your friends, depending on the environment that you're in. But, um, 
there is some truth and evidence to um, saying exactly how you feel actually helps us manage our emotions from the day to day. It says, um, so I'm referring to this article. Um, I get these uh, daily text messages called uh, Shine. Um, and every morning um, it gives me something to focus on and it um, refers to an article. So I'm just gonna uh, talk through uh, this kind of exercise um, that was mentioned a week ago. So it says, when we're able to define our moods, example, I'm irritated or I'm amused, research so shows it can help us better regulate our emotions and decrease the power of negative feelings. So, um, so even using specific tangible words like, I'm actually feeling confused, or maybe I'm depressed, or maybe I'm ecstatic versus happy. But I think one thing that's uh, amazing about the human uh, human languages, or maybe not so amazing, is that sometimes you can't find the word that is exactly how we're feeling. I think the English language is very limited to describe experiences or emotions. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to, uh, and sometimes other countries, other languages actually have the word that specifically defines what we're feeling. So I think that's one of the beauty about, one of the beauties of human languages, it can define all experiences. So um, I found this attached article that has seven words for experiences or emotions that we didn't know there were actually words for. Um, and the best that we can describe it in the English language is by putting together a narrative and saying, this is as close to how I feel. Um, so before we jump into the words, do you think, I guess, why, do you have any thoughts or theories around why people don't communicate what they're feeling? Even if there are words to associate with that, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, kind of what I hinted before, I think there's this uh, duty to, uh, at least in a work setting, be emotionless, <laughs> you know, um, it shows a shine of science sign of strength. Um, I also think there's a, a worry about admitting to yourself how you're really feeling, because if okay. you admit that, then you really have to face it, and then you have to deal with it. Okay. Those are my two, my two reasons. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I would agree with those, and I would add, um, I think that, I know when I'm not feeling like I can share, or want to share, or choose to share, is because there's there maybe isn't a level of trust between the person that I would be sharing with. Like I can't inherently trust that you're going to know what to do with my response. Um, and so I want to, uh, for all intents and purposes, avoid your shitty response to how I'm feeling. You know what I mean? So I'm not, I don't know if I fully, I've got trust issues already. Um, so I don't know if I want to trust you with this part of like, how I'm feeling like in the moment, be it raw, be it, you know, raw bad or raw good celebratory in the celebratory sense. But for me, it's about like, do I trust this person to be able to respond in a manner that I'm going to like, that says that they hear me and they get me and they understand me. So. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, there's uh, sharing emotions shows a sign of vulnerability and we're very protective of who we share that vulnerability with. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so uh, I'm going to name some of these uh, words or experiences. Some of them can be related to a work experience. Some of them are very personal and some of them are just weird. <laughs> um, and then maybe talk about 
uh, your familiar familiarity with that emotion and the context. And then we can also discuss um, what are some of the words that we've defaulted to when um, talking about that emotion. So these words, I'll uh, put out a disclaimer, my pronunciation for some of these words, <laughs> not appropriate. Some of them are French, some of them are German, Swedish. Um, so I will do my best. I did not prepare in advance <laughs> for this. So uh, this first word I can pronounce, and it's pronounced dépaisement, dépaisement, which is um, the French word, uh, which is closely related to the word disorientation. Um, but really, it defines the outsider feeling that you get when you travel to new places. Your physical surroundings are unfamiliar, therefore your personal feelings and behaviors might start to feel unfamiliar as well. Whether that means you find the courage to try an activity outside your comfort zone or your impulse um, to buy a dress you normally wouldn't find yourself buying, dépaisement is about behaving in unknown ways. Okay, that makes sense. So can you, have you felt that before? Can you talk about a previous experience and um yeah so this past summer i would say i'm not even gonna pretend to say the words i'm gonna mess it up so let me just spare everybody that um when i went to thailand this summer for um that two-week period because i had not left the country for that long before and that far um and being in a place where i didn't speak um uh, thai um we stopped off in South Korea as well, didn't speak uh, Korean at all, um, and didn't have a sense, like all the signs, literally, damn near all the signs, I'd say probably about 90% of the signs were in uh, language characters that I didn't know or understand. And I tried to learn some stuff before we went, and there's some great apps out there, but I just couldn't figure out how to read what, like the lettering um, and the characters that were used. I sincerely tried, it just didn't work out, but being in such a place where I was like, I don't know, it was 14 hours ahead. So I was like sleepy in the middle of the day when everybody was awake, food didn't look the same as I, I knew it to be. Um, trying to navigate a huge city um, and uh, not knowing anyone there. For me, I think that was probably in the recent past, the most disoriented I have felt with that. I mean, it was fun. I learned a lot about Thailand and I learned a lot about myself and being able to navigate with my partner those spaces, but it was like, I'm like, do they use left and right in the same way that we use left and right? Like, oh, the cars are on the wrong, see, look at what I'm saying. The cars are on the wrong side of the street. <laughs> so are the drivers are on the wrong side of the car. How are they doing this? So um, it was very much a lesson in patience and just kind of trying to go with the flow as much as possible, which I'm not great at. Um, I have definitely felt this before. Uh, not everywhere where I traveled, um, only specific places. <clears throat> and the most recent um, experience was uh, my 24-hour layover in Iceland. And I had a chance to leave the airport and explore Reykjavik. Uh, and I, the word I probably use um, in place of uh, dépaisement is um, out of body of out of body experience. Mm. Um, I hated being in Iceland. I felt like I was on another. <laughs> it felt like I was on Mars. It the from the terrain to the twenty four hours of daylight 
but at the same time, it was cloudy and rainy. So uh, there was a certain level of daylight that would persist for 23 hours. The, the moon would, uh, the sun would go down, you'll see the moon, and then the moon's already down and the sun comes back out. It was, <laughs> it was so bizarre. Um, and I think the reason why I felt disorientation, there was something about like my physical body could sense a change in the energy. Mm-hmm. Um, like my emotions were out of whack. I felt a little depressed while I was out there. Um, and, uh, I think something about being in that part of the hemisphere, (laughs) that far (laughs) North, just really put me just out of whack. Like I, um, and also with the time difference, I was in eating at strange times, like even like things from my stomach to my emotions, everything was out of whack. Um, and I've spoken to some people, too, who have uh, been to Iceland, and some people love it, and they didn't have experience, uh, that experience. But I spoke to one person in particular who said they felt the same way, where it was just really weird. Um, uh, Iceland just being planet Mars, essentially. Mm-hmm. That seems to be a hot spot. Like, you see a lot of tickets prices that go, like, very specific dates. is like $99, you know, one way, and $99, you know or $120 round trip. And I'm like, I don't know. Iceland doesn't scream to me, like, come visit me. It doesn't scream. There's black people there. So. It's expensive as hell, too. Oh. mm. No thanks. I'm good on that. (laughs) Uh, All right. So the next word or experience. Okay. So uh, it's pronounced uh, Y-Tai. Uh, W-Y-T-A-I. And um, this one describes the feeling you have when you reflect on modern society and find it absurd or grotesque. Whether that's (laughs) contemplating how we came to have zoos or why we drink cow's milk, feeling Y-Tai makes you reconsider our present practices. I I totally think of the current state of the country. (laughs) (laughs) Now, like, it is grotesque, like, the administration, not to bring that shit up again, but, like, everything that's happening, like, every day that comes around, and you're like, what? Who thought this would be a good idea? Like, fuck electoral colleges. Like, what? Like, how did we get to this place? And, yeah. That's literally the first thing I thought. When you sent me this article, I was like, oh, God, this is like the state of the country, like the United States. What the hell? Like, what, what is going on? I, would, yeah. I wouldn't say, what are we doing? Because I ain't got nothing to do with this bullshit that's happening. But, like, what is going on? Like, this is disgusting. How embarrassing. Like, even going to Thailand, and I know you traveled since, I think you traveled during, um, after the uh, uh, Obama left office, right? Yeah. I'm like, I was like embarrassed. I was like, oh my God, please don't ask me where I'm from. Um, <laughs> but I mean, thankfully everybody was like, Obama. And I was like, yes. But I was so like, this is gross. I can't, I can't think of a time where I've been embarrassed and I get embarrassed on behalf of other people. And I'm like, I don't even know this fool. Like, right. <laughs> embarrassed for other black people. Yes. <laughs> Oh, I have that real bad. But right. yeah, that's the first thing that came to mind when I thought of this, uh, when I heard the definition or read it. Yeah, this um, word is more relevant now than ever. And I think uh, when I reflect on our past conversations, I think a lot of people, at least for me, 
I just use the words, I'm exhausted. Like I'm exhausted of hearing um, all this negative, uh, all these negative decisions happening from the White House. Embarrassed is a feeling you said. Um, uh, overwhelmed. I can think of all these words that we use to react to some of the, um, the current state of our country. But it, it's, it's interesting to hear how um, there's already a word that encompasses it all. And I guess we're going to be stuck in, the, in this feeling, this emotion for the next three years. No, I'm not owning that. But I'm still, I'm still going to start to say this word when some bullshit happens and I see it. I'm just going to be somewhere in the meeting and be like, white hey. <laughs> right. I'll be like, hashtag white hey. <laughs> oh, God. Um, all right. The next word uh, is, I think, German. Uh, Bemodalan, or Bemodalan. I'm gonna let you have that. <laughs> it's spelled V-E-M-O with the two dots on top, D-A-L-E-N. This is the feeling um, that defines like everything you've thought of has, done, has been done before, whether that's a story idea, a picture of a famous landmark, or a tune you strummed on the guitar. For creative types, this is a feeling um, that's no stranger to you. Does that make sense, or can you interpret that in any way? No, it makes sense to me. I clearly, I would. There wouldn't be a reason why I would know that actual word. Um, but oftentimes, when I'm at work and we're like trying to come up with quote unquote new ideas, all we're doing, I, I always think to myself, like we're just recycling the idea. Like, why are we trying to create this wheel? Like, let's look at people around us who have done things successfully, and like do a play on that that works in our environment. So I think about the concept of that a lot in terms of work. Like if people are doing it well, I don't have to be like, let me be super different and try to do it like the super different way because someone has already done that. I don't fully believe in reinventing the wheel. Um, I believe in enhancing a wheel that may already be there or making it fit like what exactly we're looking for. But I, I tend to think that there aren't really any new ideas out there. They're just maybe new takes or versions on ideas that already exist. Yeah, that's a really good take. There was something that you said, um, I'm gonna take this back a little bit. You said the word concept. I think we have a lot of those. It's interesting how in these languages, these words are actually still considered emotions. Um, yeah. But in the English language, uh, all these examples that we um, just named our concepts, if you will. That's the best way we can describe describe it because it's a um, it's a situation. It's a maybe a uh, uh, an assembly of uh, different, uh, I guess, circumstances that lead to us lead us to feel a certain way. Uh, so, anyways, I just wanted to point that out. But yeah, I think uh, for me, at least. I think the word that I can come up with that remotely comes close to this is like writer's block. Mm. So a lot of the times when I'm coming up with choreography or um, trying to interpret <clears throat> um, like a script or something in a new way, I get stumped. Like that's the word I can think of. I'm, I have writer's block, I'm stumped or I'm feeling uninspired. Uh, so yeah, this feeling comes up a lot for me and it's frustrating. And sometimes I have to just walk away from it for a little while and then come back to it to see if I have a new take on it, if you will. Yeah. 
I, I can't imagine that being that space. And I don't, people say that the, us doing this show is a creative like venture. And I'm like, is it? I guess I've never, I never have. And I still don't think of myself as creative really in any capacity. Cause I have creativity, like the way it looks like in this box that I'm showing you right here, Paul, this is what creativity, like this is what it looks like. Dancers, singers, writers, you know, whatever. And so I always think like, damn, it must be real hard to be creative. <laughs> I define this as a creative outlet. <laughs> I, mean, I, one day maybe I'll get there, but I'm like, we just, we really get on here and talk. And I was like, is that creative? Sure. My wife is always like, it's, it certainly is creative. You're putting it out in the world. You're doing, you know, you're not reading from a script. And I was like, I guess you're right. I just go with it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Um, all right, so the next one uh, is, gosh, I cannot pronounce this, it's German. It's Beschlich, Beschlich. Okay, I'll go with that. It's uh, spelled B-E-S-C-H-A-U-L-I-C-H. And this is the German word felt by those who enjoy quiet evenings, pensive and introspective conversations, and tranquil surroundings. It's a feeling of living a simple life, especially one that results in a positive, peaceful mental state. In other words, leave me alone. <laughs> no, just kidding. So uh, does that sound familiar to you? Yes, I very much resonated with this word because that's how um, in an ideal world I would live my life. I, I do that a lot, um, like a quiet evening. I'm always one to be like, I'll stay home. Um, I can function very easily around my house with like, um, I've gotten better at this probably in the last six months with like no sound and no talking and nothing, play like no music, no nothing. And just kind of being here. And sometimes it's like, I'm thumbing through like the interwebs or I'm looking at an article, but I don't, I've realized I need less noise, like literal noise um, in my space. And I really prefer that. Like give me a good weekend with nothing planned and I, I could stay home all weekend. I could order my groceries in and stay home all weekend. And I just want to be like, put the groceries at the door. Don't knock. Or you can knock, but just put them all there and I'll get them when, you, when I see you drive off. That would be nice. But yeah, I think this, when it says the introspective um, and pensive conversations, I think this leans to my, my, uh, the introverted side of me that like prefers like the one-on-one, -on -one, like not a group thing. Mm -hmm. Like I was invited to a group dinner coming up in the next few days and I'm, I'm already being like, why did I agree? Why did I say yes? So we'll see if I actually make it. I was like, I'm stressed out already. And we, like, there's no place, to, there's no place. And you know how I feel about like trying to divide up a bill between more than one other person, but. Yeah. There's this funny meme of like, <laughs> how I feel when I make plans. <laughs> Hello. It's like, you know, this really happy, like jumping up and down person. And then it's like the day of when the plans come, it's just like this person just like scratching their head, like thinking like question marks around them. Like, why the fuck did I make these plans? I just want to be by myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely, I think we're both the same being introverts. Um, appreciating this emotion, if you will. Um, like I said, this is like, leave me alone. <laughs> I want to be alone. Don't talk to me. Uh, I'm not trying to be rude. This is just me. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. I've gotten better at not explaining that and be like, you know what? I have a, I'm, I've had a change of plans. I'm not going to be able to make it. Yeah. The alternative plan is just being home, but you don't need to know that. Right. And don't dare call me a flake. No. I can change my mind. <laughs> but I know some true flakes who they, it's a, it's a change of mind just to be like something better came along. And I'm like, well, first of all, don't ever tell me something better came along. Cause that's rude. Um, but yeah. I'm like, you can call me a flake. What is that going to do for me? It doesn't impact my check or my access to benefits. Thank God. All right. So the very last one to close this off um, is one of my favorite ones. Uh, Morgan Frisk is spelled M-O-R-G-E-N-F-R-I-S-K. And it's the Danish word for the feeling of being refreshed, rested, and ready for the day after a healthy night's sleep. I don't have this very often, so it's an unfamiliar <laughs> emotion. <laughs> but yeah, I just like the way the word sounds. It made me think of mocha and stuff, but uh, tell what me. That? <gasps> oh my God. Okay. I'm going to, we're going to have to put in the, the show notes. It was an artist back in the 90s. Oh. Well, you never heard of mocha and stuff? It has nothing to do with this <laughs> definition. No. I'm like, mocha and stuff? Okay. I'll send you some material on her. Okay. But yeah, I don't often have this feeling or emotion, unfortunately. I don't either, but I, I can probably count on one hand in the past <laughs> year or so or a couple years. Because when it does happen, let me tell you, it's an amazing feeling. And usually, uh, if it does happen, it's usually on a Saturday or a Sunday morning. Mm. Um, but it's still really rare. I think there's a lot of stressors in our lives that prevent us from feeling this very rare feeling. But I do remember it and I wish I could get it back. I wish I could reclaim it. <laughs> reclaiming, reclaiming my Reclaiming yeah. my Morgan Frisk. Okay, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I gotta, I gotta find a way to get some more Morgan Frisk in my life. Yeah, it's a hard one. Um, but I think that's kind of the, I think, um, a, a word that comes close to it is I just feel, uh, like awakened. I feel enlightened. It's like mm-hmm. a very wholesome feeling. Like yeah. I can do anything and I feel like, de- you know, detoxed and I feel refreshed and al- awake, alive, enthusiastic. Really? <laughs> alive, alert, awake. Enth- okay. Yes. Like a children's song. All right. Um, so, um, any takeaways from this? Um, let's see. I think in terms of takeaways, nothing about each of the specific words or emotions, but maybe considering how I communicate how I'm feeling. Um, and like, I know lots of words and maybe trying to access some of those words or, um, find ways to communicate them differently. So... Yeah, rather than being like, obviously, I'm fine. Because um, that already gives off a certain, though, even the way I said it, I'm fine. Um, <laughs> it was so, like, defensive. <laughs> it gives a certain, you know, mood. But thinking about, like, how I'm really feeling. But still being committed to sharing, like, like in a real sense with people who really matter. And so if I don't feel like sharing with, like, the next person, it's like, how are you doing? Like, I don't want, I'm going to do my best to stay true to, like, they may get the, I'm all right, or I'm fine. How are you? Just as a trying to be courteous. 
but yeah, trying to expand my vocabulary. Um, yeah. Cool. Uh, for myself, uh, I think I just want to challenge myself and dare to go deeper with my responses. Uh, and regardless of whether I trust the person or not, I think um, how we respond has a, uh, a ripple effect in my it might convince other people to be vulnerable themselves, even if it's a quick passing of, hey, how's it going? Um, Morgan Frisk, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, They're gonna be yeah. like, um, Morgan Freeman. <laughs> but yeah, it might have a positive ripple effect and maybe that energy might come back to me. So, um, and as I mentioned earlier in the episode that and being honest with how you really feel, even if you don't have the exact words for it, might help you feel better in the long run instead of bottling it, bottling it up. So I'm gonna challenge myself to do that. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, uh, we're gonna take a break and we'll be right back. Okay, and we are back and we're skipping Ask a Boss, but please remember, send us questions, comments, feedback to askaboss at gmail.com. But we got shit to do, places to be, so we are gonna skip right to the boss ass bitch and bitch ass boss of the week, Nina. All right, so I have two bitches, so I will go first. Um, first bitch, this literally happened probably less than an hour ago. Um, fucking Piers Mor- Morgan, who is a TV personality, I'll call him that because I don't think he's very bright. Because I think some of the, a lot of the stuff he says is dumb and uninformed. Um, but his most recent thing was, um, and I'll just read the, the caption, it says, Piers Morgan says white people should be able to sing the N-word. Um, he has written a column saying that anyone who listens to, <laughs> I can see your face, anyone who listens to rap lyrics uh, featuring the N-word should be able to sing it. His logic, obviously, his logic was met with resistance. And he's like, well, what do do you mean? Like, if if, um, Kanye writes it, why can't white people say it? It's basically, it's not fair and whining over. I'm like, what is, what, why do you so passionately want to say the word publicly? Because I'm already assuming that you say it privately because you have this obsession with it. But what is, like, why do you need to keep bringing this up? Like, no, you can't say it. Like, if there's any listeners out there who are white folks, no, you can't say it. So don't ask. Don't be like, well, what if I say it with an A versus an ER? You can't say in in it. You barely say nugget. Like, <laughs> right? No, I even nig. <laughs> right? We nig. You better come up with. You better send them that bitch and right click on it. You can't say it. That's it. There doesn't need to, there's a, a li- list of shit that doesn't need an explanation. And you can add this to the top of that list. There is, we don't have to define that for you. Say it, say it and see what happens. Then you're going to realize why we told you not to say it. Really, this is a service to you as to what not to say. So, um, and why are you fighting so hard to say it? Like, I don't get it. Take everything. You want to take, take, take. <sighs> oh, everything has to belong to you. Uh, people are no longer offended. Who? Who ain't offended? Who? Because last I checked, I didn't get that survey to ask whether or not I was offended by it. Right. I, I dare you try to say it mm-hmm. in my face right now. I, I dare you. Right? 
Let's I'll go to jail. I'll dare you. No, I actually don't want to go to jail. But still, I dare you. But like, why is it such a fascination with this one word? There's so many words out there. Like, do something else with your time. Like, this is the news. They feel like they're left out of the secret, you know, the exclusive club, the cool club. Yeah. Part of the club. We got this 45 in office talking about the, the, the dude over North Korea is going to be up for something really bad. And oh boy, North Korea is like, basically like, y'all finna die. So like, and you want to say the N-word? You already say it. That's not important. That is not important. Over All these, these people over here in um, government who are trying to yet again fucking repeal uh, um, the Affordable Care Act with no viable replacement. They may say they have a replacement, but it is not a viable replacement. So pay, start paying the sh- attention to shit that matters. I wasn't even going to bring up the uh, uh, repeal thing, but anywho, that wasn't even my second one. So bitch, Piers Morgan uh, forever and a day. Um, the other one that I have is um, to generally the NFL and I, I was a fan of the NFL for a long time, and I'm, I'm not not a fan, but I don't watch um, currently. Uh, part of that is to do with the Colin Kaepernick shit. So if you don't know what that is, then I go ahead and Google that bad boy. Um, but there was a report that came out that an ex-Patriots star, Aaron Hernandez, um, who was con- uh, arrested in 2015 for the murder of his fiance's sister's boyfriend. Long story. Uh, but he was arrested, um, went, was in jail, went to trial, and, and uh, they found him hanged or hung in his cell. Um, and the reports have come back that he had severe, severe CTE, which is chronic traumatic, oh Lord, I'm going to mess up this name, encephalopathy. Um, it's that movie with Will Smith where he's oh, a concussion. Yes, concussion. Um, and, it, and the only way that they can test and see if somebody has this um, brain disease is via an autopsy. You, they cannot do it while the person's alive. But he um, had stage three, CTE is the acronym, and stage four is the most severe. Um, and people get it from uh, getting hit, basically hit while um, in their, and it's and mostly in football players because they get hit, you know, and they hit each other and the pads only do so much. Um, but it's said to brain damage, particularly to the frontal region that controls many functions, including judgment, emotion, impulse control, social behavior, and memory. Um, and I'm reading this from the USA Today article. And I'll, I'll make sure that it gets um, in the notes. Um, but this has been ex- uh, an explanation as to uh, a number of recent, um, and even in the past, athletes, primarily football players, who have... Um, either committed heinous crimes or they kind of go off the rails and no one really understands because they were on a road of like what a quote unquote normalcy before of like, you know, life after football or even life during football. Um, and then have made some really drastic, you know, pivots one way or the other in terms of their behavior and interaction. So um, now the NFL is being sued and I'm not sure why they're, why, like what's happening is like, are they trying to ignore this because it doesn't happen when people are alive and they only find out when there's an autopsy and they can actually examine and slice open the brain. Um, but it makes me really worried for the current players, um, 
that are in the league, anybody who's recently out, because I don't think it's an immediate onset, like once you leave the league, um, either retired or you don't get picked up again. But um, fuck the NFL for not doing more to protect its players. Like there's got to be something. I find it really hard with all that money and all that access to um, doctors and people who are studying this, that there's not something that can be done. So, um, yeah. So whatever preventive methods, they, they, there's a way to do some of these things to prevent, but for whatever reason, it's not happening. And so I really feel for the people who are affected by it, the players themselves and the families that they leave behind or that they end up hurting or the people that they kill because they're not able to um, be diagnosed and manage whatever emotions come, you know, with that. So bitch to the NFL for that. So that was a little heady, but I was reading and I was like, damn, like the movie was kind of suspect. It was like, yeah, for me, but this is probably like the third or fourth player that I've heard in the last like two years who has passed away as like in some sort of heinous way. Um, and um, it comes back that they have this brain disease and it really sucks. Yeah. So, yeah. So um, my bitch is to um, people who do this, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> uh, I, I hate when I'm reaching out to someone, we try to make plans, I, I, you know, I'm like, I'm free at this day and time. And you're like, um, well, I don't know. Like, let's see what happens. Um, I'll get back to you. <clears throat> Usually when I get this response, it's people who they can't commit. They want to keep that time slot open because they're worried they're going to miss out on something else. And they, they won't lock down a time. And I'm like chasing you. I'm like, okay, how about this day? Uh, I don't know. Let's keep it open and we'll see what we'll get back to you. And I don't hear fucking back from them. Um, it's just like, I understand you might have a certain level of FOMO. I get it. But is your life that important that you can't wait till the next night or the next day or the next whatever to experience what most likely you're going to experience numerous times? Um, it's just very annoying and offensive. It's just like, am I not important enough for you to, to pencil in? Yeah. Like, are you, are you Beyonce? Are you going to get like all these invitations? No. Yeah. I get like, like if somebody like does that to me twice, I'm like, fuck it. Fuck it then. No, I won't initiate anymore. I think we talked yeah. about this. I'm like, I'm not initiating. Yeah. I give them two chances. I don't nothing, nothing more than that. Yeah. I hate that. And I'm like, I'm not going to beg you to be my friend ever. No. So we're we going to be cool. I don't hate you, but I'm not going to make space for you. Um. <laughs> Sorry, if you can see my facial expressions right now, I'm just uh, okay. This sounds um, real and a little bit raw, so I can feel you though. Uh huh. All right, and then my boss goes to uh, a couple people. I want to um, give a boss ass bitch to Lena Waif and Donald Glover and uh, Aziz Ansari. Um, and uh, for the Emmys, the Emmys were this past Sunday, and Lena Waithe was the first African-American woman to win the award for best writing of a comedy series ever. Yes. Mind-boggling. And I just love that moment that she had with um, on Aziz standing right behind her because um, it was her award, but obviously he executive produces 
the show. It's his, it's, it's an award that they share, but I just respected just how he just stood behind her and just like nodded and just let her have the stage and didn't take up any of that spotlight. It was just a really cute moment between them two. Um, and her speech was beautiful. Like, oh, like she sh- gave a shout out to queer people of color like no other person has in the past. Um, and then also Donna Glover, who took home two awards for best leading actor in a comedy series and then best directing, I believe, um, for a comedy series. And so I was really proud of him um, for his show Atlanta, which is now um, available on Hulu. So if you <laughs> on FX, like I did, because I don't have <laughs> um, FX, uh, you can catch up with it on Hulu. So it was a great night. Oh, and a mini bitch ass. I, and I, I shouldn't say it, but to uh, uh, Julie Louis Dreyfus, <laughs> she won Best Leading Actress for the fifth or sixth year in a row over all these great shows. And I fucking want to throw the TV screen out the window. I was like, how? How? We get it. She is awesome. We love the show. She's great. But she, like, won over all these great people. And it's just so fucking annoying. Like, really? fifth year in a row and then the show Veep again got best outstanding um, comedy series. I'm just like that's enough. Oh, uh, it's enough. Oh, you know what? But this that's okay if you ended on that bitch. Um boss, because I texted you about this right before we started recording. Beyonce has been trolling the shit out of us the last week. I'm like, bitch, if you're not posting like three to four things every day trying to get us ready, um so Shout out to Beyonce, as always. <laughs> and it, sometimes it goes without saying, but she has been blowing up her Instagram. No, like, I'm either either that <laughs> um, Sir or um, Romy <laughs> have control over our iPhone and they just be posting yeah. things every day, or Beyonce is preparing us for something. <laughs> there were like five or six notifications. I was like in the kitchen doing something. I came back and I was like, Beyonce shared a post. Beyonce shared a post, and I was like, Oh my god, are we about to get an album? Like. Is this like, you know how people put little pictures and it makes up a larger picture? And I was like, is this the cover? <laughs> uh, yeah. Gosh, yeah. I, my life was changed <laughs> when I switched um, my notifications to get alerted every time she posts on Instagram. My life has changed. So now I'm ready. I'm ready. As it should be. <laughs> All right. So that concludes our episode. Uh, I'll leave you with the usual footnotes. Uh, please um, follow us on all our social media. We're on Facebook at Headboss in Charge, and we're also on Twitter at, at HeadbossPod. Uh, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and um, Google Play. Uh, please interact with us, leave us reviews. You can email us any com- um, comments or concerns or write us a question at Ask a Boss. Or no, not at Boss Podcast. (laughs) Um, And that's it. We'll see you in a couple weeks. All right, peace. Bye.